0: I hate the cold. Oh, I know. Me too. I want a hot tub. Like, I I'm know. Here for the hot tub. Hey, everyone. I'm Morgan, co-founder of Primal Kitchen and host of the Primal Kitchen podcast. Today, I'm chatting with longtime friend and paleo entrepreneur Danielle Walker. Danielle is a four-times New York Times bestselling cookbook author, health and wellness advocate, and self-trained chef. After being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease at age 22 and suffering for many years, Danielle worked her way back to health through dietary and lifestyle changes. For over a decade, she's been whipping up delicious grain-free and gluten-free recipes for all types of occasions, from comfort food to holiday favorites and kids' meals. Today, we're going to talk through her story and journey, um, along with discussing her latest book, Healthy in a Hurry. Before we get started, a brief reminder that any and all opinions and views shared by hosts and guests on this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the view of Primal Kitchen or its affiliates or parent company. Man, that was a mouthful. Hello. How are you?
1: (laughs) It's always so awkward to sit and listen to somebody read your bio, isn't it? No, it it is so uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I am good. I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I'm great. I
0: feel like whenever I'm in work setting to or like a meeting and there's like 20 people and they don't know you and they're like, okay, give us a little bio. I always like start sweating. I'm like, it's so uncomfortable to talk about yourself. It is
1: so uncomfortable to talk about yourself
0: (laughs) I'm with you but come on you should be used to it by now you're like you've been doing this for decades
1: I I I have but I feel like well so first of all my favorite is when you do a podcast and they're like I'm gonna record your intro after and I'm like oh thank goodness it's just so awkward and then yeah no I kind of like people ask what I do and I'm like I'm a writer (laughs) just kind of like just just you know, blanket Yeah. I mean, if they dig, I'll start saying what I do, but it is—it's so weird to talk about yeah. myself.
0: But. Yeah. I find that for women too. It's actually really uncomfortable for me when people ask me like, oh, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, to say like, oh, I, I'm like, I run this company. But then it's like, I'm even uncomfortable being like, I run this company. Like, I'm just like, I work for this company, Primal Kitchen. And then I'm like, God, like men
1: just own this shit. Like, what are we I, doing? It's so true. You it's know? so true. I know. Yeah. I was listening to um one of my good friend's book the other day. And she, maybe you've read it, but her name's Jamie, Jamie Kern Lima. And she said that there's like a whole chapter actually about it, about how she, you know, women like are too nervous to say their accomplishments, but men are like, they'll talk about their salary figures and what positions they've, you know, like the ladders that they've climbed and all this. And I'm, you know, it is, it's very interesting. It's, it's, I, I was telling my husband that the other day. I was like, I need to learn to like, be proud of what i've done. i've accomplished a lot and i've worked my butt off and i need to be i need to like gain that confidence, you know, because i but yeah, we, i think we always worry that it's going to sound like ridiculous and yeah, and, I know. and so but yes. but you should. i mean, my gosh, you have is that a word? is that a- It is now. Definitely. <laughs> i love it. <laughs> I feel like it's a word, but I don't know. Anyways, um, I'm like, you should be shouting what you have done from the rooftops because it's incredible. And the company that you have built is amazing. I Mm, mean, I still remember way, way back. It's like, there's a few of us who remember the early days, you know? Yeah, I know Um, there are. Yeah. Yeah.
0: My how things have changed, it seems like, doesn't it? It just feels like, yeah. It does. It was Uh like the very much felt like the start of a movement, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Now the movement is, I don't know, matured and all for, all for good reasons. But yeah, absolutely it's crazy.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Awesome. So tell everyone listening, I feel like everyone in our community, like they have to know you, but I would imagine there's a few who don't. So give us your like, yeah. you know, your health journey real quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so back way, 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 way back when we were all babies and first started out in this world, uh, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, ulcerative colitis, um, I've written extensively about it in, on my blog, but also in a book called "Food Saved Me." So, if you're, you know, one of the 50 million Americans who've been uh, diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, you can go and read kind of my journey, so you can feel a little bit less alone. Uh, but I was 22 and spent my first five years of marriage just really, really sick, like debilitating symptoms. You know, taking medical leave from my job, tons of different medications hospital visits, ER visits, kind of the whole works. And just nothing was really working. Um, the medications were making me feel worse. They would m- maybe minimize some of the symptoms of the actual disease, but then cause this whole slew of other side effects. And I started just looking into food. Um, at that time, I mean, gosh, it's been so many years now that I've learned so much along the way. And I actually kind of walk the reader through all of that. And food saved me because when I first came across that food could help, I mean, we're talking 2009 and I just was searching online. Like none of my doctors talked to me about diet or food or even really lifestyle. I mean, we've learned so much about autoimmune now and stress and, you know, so much else, environmental triggers, all these things, but uh, nobody was really talking to me about that back then. And so I just started doing my own research. And I changed my my diet drastically. Um, I started on something called the specific carbohydrate diet or GAPS, and then kind of slowly made my way to more of a paleo lifestyle. There were a few things that were allowed like legumes, um, some dairy on those other ones um, that just wasn't fully getting me into remission. Um, and when I started doing paleo was really kind of the first time that I noticed my symptoms just drastically decrease like almost overnight with an elimination diet. And so that's kind of where I started. Um, But I felt at that point, I mean, the blogs and the recipes and the cookbooks were dismal, few and far between, Uh, not great food photography, just looking at it, you know, like it, it just made, especially as a young 20 something, just kind of felt like, oh gosh, this is not sustainable. And this is not going to be enjoyable. And I am not going to be able to eat livers and onions for (laughs) every meal. I mean, it was like, that's all I remember is just these like, these very brown photos of food um, and, you know, baked goods that just kind of looked like they were greasy and sunken in. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I can do this for a little while, but I don't think this is going to be something I can do for for lifetime, and it quickly became apparent that if I didn't eat that way, that symptoms came, you know, roaring back up. So, um, I started just kind of creating my own recipes in my kitchen. And you know, while my oldest, who is twelve now, was a newborn, and when he was napping, I would get into the kitchen and try to like tinker with. An old recipe from you know my family, or one of those grain-free um, recipes that I found online that I was like, Ooh, "This isn't great." And so I would kind of try to add different ingredients and substitute out different ingredients. So I started the blog Against All Grain um, in two thousand nine, and that's kind of my my history. A lot has happened since then. <laughs> yeah, I love it.
0: So then you start this blog in this two thousand nine. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, crazy. Okay.
1: Yeah, I know, right? It's been yeah. fr- it's been a really long time. I will yeah, because, say, I, I mean, started it. Yeah, I started it in 2009. Even
0: then, really, I mean, oh, there no. weren't even that many bloggers.
1: Yeah, no, blogging's not at all. like I come mean, and
0: gone.
1: Yeah, I know, since it's then, really sad. Yeah, I mean, people still look up recipes, but they don't read the blogs anymore. That's for sure. It's like the social all the media, stories all that social we used media, to write. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, yeah, so yeah, I uh, started it I actually think I might have started it in 2008 and then let it kind of just sit and be stagnant for a little bit especially after my son was born. But um yeah, started a blog. Didn't really know what a blog was, but that's that's where it started and I started kind of recreating, you know, especially as I had my son, I started really wanting to recreate some of my pastimes, so like chocolate chip cookies and a bread to be able to use, and like french toast or paninis. Uh and that's those those recipes I started sharing on Facebook, and that's kind of what started to get some- some traction and attention to the blog and and then my first cookbook was published in two thousand thirteen uh, okay yeah from like two thousand thirteen
0: <laughs> It's crazy,
1: I know, yeah, yeah, and for those Almost listening
0: for those listening like I can't believe Danielle hasn't been on the podcast yet. it's kind of like ridiculous, <laughs> but also I am a cookbook like connoisseur i read cookbooks like as much as I read romance novels, which is quite a bit these days. I like get a cookbook and I like to read it like the whole thing. I do too. I I love it. Read it like a book, right? Yeah. Uh, But Danielle's cookbooks are on my counter. They are like the tried and true really only cookbooks we cook out of. I'm kind of like in Pinterest looking for recipes Mm -hmm. or I'm just finding something out of your cookbooks. Like the holidays, I use your, what is it? Celebrations. Celebrations. I use your celebrations for Thanksgiving. And some just, I mean, the sheet pan fajitas I was telling you about, we make those like once a week now. They're so easy, so easy to clean up, Every everything. Oh, that cauliflower, it's like riced cauliflower, chicken casserole. I can't remember what it's oh, called. Oh, with the broccoli
1: and yes, the cashew with sauce? with the broccoli
0: and the cashew sauce. That's like a staple in our house too. Yeah. It's great. Leftover with some hot sauce. Everything's yep. just like... Yep. You can tell, at least me as a consumer of recipe content, when someone... In the blogosphere, influencer cookbook <laughs> creator space creates a cookbook and actually tests their recipes. And when uh-huh. someone just throws a recipe out, and you're like, "What? What is it's this? True. Like, I know it was a I waste know. of my time and money. <laughs> and, and like, could you just try this before you publish it? And your oh, so stuff is always. It, I mean, give me the process. Like, how yeah. how intricate is this?
1: It's pretty intricate and it's, I am, well, so I'm very type A and I'm definitely a perfectionist, which probably has contributed to my autoimmune symptoms. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I can't let anything get out there without it being perfect. And so, I mean, it's, it's intricate. Uh, My first book, I tested, photographed, styled all of the recipes myself, but then I just had this idea because I was starting, I already had a really engaged community And, you know, when you write a blog post, you can get almost immediate gratification or criticism, right? So it's like if you have a typo in the recipe or if something overcooks with the time that you put or whatever it is, you forgot an ingredient, you hear from people almost immediately. And so with my first cookbook, I was kind of nervous because I was like, I'm spending time, you know, creating 165 recipes. They're going in a book that's getting published. And I had never been a published author before. And I was like, if something's wrong, I cannot go and fix this until we sell through whatever you know, the the copies are so. Um, I reached out to my community, and so I think one of the things that makes the recipes really sound is that they are actually tested by home cooks that that want to use those recipes, and then they're Love giving it. me feedback. So you know, every single recipe goes through a trial in my own kitchen three or so times, depending on if it's a baked good, which can take like upwards of 12 to 20 times and then goes through recipe testing. And then now I don't photograph them myself anymore, myself anymore. So they actually now go through a process again when they get photographed of, you know, getting feedback from the food stylist who's making them and just making sure that all of the instructions are super clear. Um, You know, I'll, I'll never forget. I saw Ina Garten speak at a cherry bomb conference. Like I spoke and then she came on after me and, I was, thought it was like the coolest thing ever, yeah. even though we barely rubbed elbows. Um, but I was like, I was speaking at the same conference as somebody who I really look up to. And she talked about her process. And this is something that I think is amazing. And it's why her recipes are so sound. But she writes her recipes. And then she sits across the counter from her kitchen assistant and watches in silence as that person makes the recipes, which I'm like, oh my gosh, I would be like just sweating and so nervous. But it's so she can see, you know, the method that she wrote if she says stack the basil leaves and roll them up and slice them. Like, is she going to slice them lengthwise? Is she going to slice them horizontally? What, you know, thickness. And so just to be able to watch and see, okay, is my instructions, you know, is it, is it, computing for the person who's making it and kind of like what is their first instinct to do when they read that. Um So I really love and value the feedback from my recipe testers because I do. I think it makes it sound and I think it makes it, you know, be able to be recreated in, in your own kitchen. But yeah, um the world of recipe creation is kind of a funny one because anybody, as we know now with social media and blogs and, you know, anybody can create recipes and put them out there. You don't have to have any sort of credibility and you can rip other people's recipes off. You can type something up and put it out without having fully gone through testing. And I agree. I mean, I think it's pretty apparent when you know that, you know, like that it hasn't been tested a bunch. And also that it's something that's being used in my own kitchens. I mean, I cook from my recipes. (laughs) They're they're what we use all the time too. So
0: (laughs) do you cook like every night at home?
1: No, no. No. I um, you know, it's funny. I wish and I look forward to the day when I can be a little more creative. I have three kids. My younger two right now are in that season where they like are like little birds. They'll just open their mouths up and try pretty much anything that I ask Uh them to, and they'll eat salmon and they'll eat asparagus and they'll I mean they'll eat everything. My older one, who is twelve now, has like three or four dinners that it's, you know, that's what he wants, and everything else he's usually pretty reticent to, pretty picky. Um. So I kind of recycle the same recipes, like most people do. Yeah. Uh, and then when I'm testing a book, I get to have a little fun and create a bunch of new stuff. But no, I would say we cook maybe like three nights a week. I do a couple freezer things that I pull out, and we definitely take advantage of takeout. I mean, the busier we get, the harder it is. So I'm trying yeah. to kind of turn my focus in that way of creating recipes to help people who are like me because when I wrote my first book I had a toddler and that was it you know and like yeah. a part-time very part-time side job type of a thing and now I'm you know full-time running a company with three kids and I'm like okay this is what a lot of you know the majority of my readers are probably dealing with is is very busy schedules and wanting to feed their family healthy meals and not having all the time in the world to cook
0: no. Yeah, no, I love that, and I love anything that I can eat leftovers. Like sometimes I'm yes. like, oh, I make like two or three things, and then I'm like, oh, we have stuff in here, we can just eat. This is great. Like, totally, there's nothing better. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, us too. And I'm, you know, like I can do leftovers to a certain extent. I do like to kind of what I like I call them morphed meals. Like I like to make something, but then kind of turn oh, into something something else. Okay, different. Yeah, if, if we eat one of like, those. Yeah, Yeah. we just eat the exact same thing. I think my kids get sick of it. I mean, even if it's as simple as like making shredded taco meat, I have like a five ingredient, you know, shredded chicken taco meat, and we have bowls the first night, but then I do nachos or something for them, or we put it into enchiladas and have a different sauce. Even if it's like a simple little tweak, yeah, it's just not the exact same thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. I I need to get better about that. What's your favorite cookbook of yours?
1: Oh, gosh. So, I would say Healthy in a Hurry is my best cookbook, I think, that I've put out. Um, you know, I mean, I think that just happens as you have many, many years of developing recipes, and so you just become better at your craft. Um, but the one that I cook... The most from, or that I love, let's say, let's not, not cook the most from. The one I love the most, has a very special place in my heart is celebrations. I just, you know, I think anybody who's diagnosed with an autoimmune disease or has food allergies or a child that is told they have celiac or, you know, a nut allergy or whatever, you go through this morning process. And typically the things that you are worried about for like, you know, forgetting or not being able to celebrate are all of those special occasions throughout the year. And those are the ones that sting the most of like, oh, well, I can't have, you know, my grandma's cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning anymore. I can't host a Thanksgiving and have like all my family who eats normal come over because they're not going to want to eat my food. Um, Those little things, you know, it's just like, those are the things. Or birthday cake. I'm never going to be able to like have an actual real good birthday cake again. So that's what celebrations is filled with. And so I think that's my favorite only because it feels like all of the things, the nostalgic pastimes, the things that I loved are back in my life and it's like a gift that I felt like I was able to give out to the world.
0: Yeah. This is kind of veering off track, but you're, I feel like you kind of downplayed how severe your autoimmune disease was severe. I mean, fair enough, right? Like, what do you think you've been dealing with this? I feel like you've gotten really good. I mean, this is just me, but it seems like you've gotten good at managing it, but you have had some relapses. Yeah. Like, I want to know what are the triggers and what are like the biggest tips maybe aside from just Mm -hmm. the typical like paleo and grain free, like what's right? Biggest, I don't know, triggers and tips. Um,
1: Yeah, it's definitely not been a perfect journey. I get really raw and honest in that Food Saved Me book. And funny enough, when I wrote the book, I had been in more or less of remission, essentially, never not hospitalized, not on any of the severe medications for almost a decade. Um, And so I kind of set out to write it like I had it all figured out. And then I had a really severe flare up and kind of a relapse and was in the hospital for a few weeks. And it really kind of made me sit and reevaluate and also try to kind of re-put together the puzzle pieces of all that I had learned in the last decade. And I think the biggest thing that came from it was that food is a huge puzzle piece in kind of the whole puzzle of autoimmune disease. Um, But... No matter how well I was eating and how perfectly I was adhering to a paleo diet or grain-free or whatnot, if I had too much stress in my life, then it was almost like kind of devoid. (laughs) So in 2019, I learned that I have to really take care of myself and I have to really kind of pull back when I'm starting to notice that I'm doing too much. So just that year, for instance, I did three book tours, I think over the course of a year, we sold our house and moved into a new one. I had a baby No, I didn't have a baby, but she was, I think she was like a year and a half when I um, started to kind of notice symptoms. There was just a whole lot that happened. Um, And not even just like physical stress, but, you know, emotional stress, or if we've got trauma in our lives that we haven't dealt with, there's a lot that can really kind of cause autoimmune symptoms to flare up. Um, But my biggest one I've just learned is stress. So it's, Learning to you know say no to things when I need to, um, and learning to prioritize sleep and rest, and having seasons if I know I'm going to be busy that I need to set time aside afterwards to really make sure that my body has time to recover, Um, and just also like working on emotional. I mean, I I went back to therapy to work through. have had some really serious losses in our life since we got married. And so to be able to actually work through some of that, that wasn't fully kind of worked through and all of it can really build up. Um, So yeah, it's a, it feels like it's a, it's, there's, there's, you know, multifaceted uh, (laughs) things that you have to really pay attention to. with But yeah, it's, it's serious. Um, And, you know, and in 2019, and I've talked a little bit about this, actually a lot about this, but, for a decade, I felt like if I needed to use a Western medication that I was failing in a way um, because I think because I was so young in this like new movement and there was so much around me of, you know, like medicine's evil and we can only do natural ways. And so I felt a lot of guilt and shame if I needed to, to utilize that. And that was something that I really had to work through because in in the hospital in 2019, I started a medication that honestly with that and food... Help to save my life and really give me back the quality of life, especially with young kids. Um, and it's been essential right now in this season of my life. And so, you know, even if it's if it's food and lifestyle and a medication, whatever can help you be, you know, present for your kids and for your life and for your job and, and all of that. So um, that's a lot. I'm like, that's like a 15 year journey all packed into a 10 yeah. minute segment. But
0: <laughs> I have similar feelings. I feel like when you start out in this kind of movement, it can be a bit like, I don't know, religious or something. Mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm. what the word is, right? Like you're just like, so everyone starts out like super strict, I feel yeah, like. And right. then you yeah. kind of are like, oh, I'm actually fine with a little bit of dairy, or like, oh, I'm yeah, a- that, right. that was my journey. But I had the same thing. I get, I'm like a ho- terrible migraine sufferer. And I used to just mm-hmm. like, lay in bed for 36 hours and like ice my head and I wouldn't even take like, you know, Tylenol, Motrin or anything. And now I'm like, just give me the Sumatriptan. Like, I know I need it at the start of the headache. Like, (laughs) I'm not going to feel guilty about this because I don't want to be like laid up in bed for three days. Like, and you know, it's, it's not, I mean, yeah, I think it is. I think there's
1: so much that we can't control. Right. So it's like our diet we can control. I mean, to a certain extent we can control stress, but there's, I mean, gosh, We learn, I feel like I learned so much. I listened to like Dr. Hyman's podcast and like I have a functional medicine practitioner. There's so much around us, like environmental toxins. And then again, like trauma or loss, like things that we can't avoid and can't, you know, I always say to my husband, I'm like, if I ate paleo and was able to like sit on my floor and just meditate for like 24 hours a day, I'd probably be fine with no medications and in full remission, but I have three children and my like level of stress is always there. So I think there's, yeah, there's tools. I mean, yeah, if, if you know that a sumatriptan is going to help you be able to be there for your children during the day and not in bed for two days, then, you know, I'm like, this is what it is.
0: At yeah, point. So, I agree. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, were there any things like, I don't know, supplements or anything like that, that was particularly helpful along the way or any like yes. new things that are coming out? I feel like autoimmunity, I don't know, it seems like yes. it's definitely like trending. Like I have a friend who is in Chicago and she sees just like a regular doctor and her doctor was like, oh, you have Hashimoto's, like you need to go gluten-free. Like this Mm -hmm. is a known thing now, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. like 10 Mm -hmm. years ago, there's no way just like a regular practitioner ever would have suggested
1: that. No, definitely not. I mean, celiac, it was, I mean, 10 years even ago, celiac was still, I feel like somewhat new and the testing wasn't great um, and then now I think they're realizing that so many people are non-celiac, gluten sensitive. But yeah, I mean, gluten and dairy, I think I, I definitely, I'm a 100% a believer in food as medicine, but also as a preventative measure. And even with the medication that I started taking, you know, they were like, you'll be in remission after six infusions. And I was at like 12 and I still was having symptoms and I kind of, you know, because I was just severely malnourished and just out of the hospital and had like serious PTSD. I was not, I didn't eat whatever I wanted, but I mean, I was eating like, I'm, I'm normally grain free. I was eating like eight pieces of Udi's gluten free toast a day because that was all that I wanted. But I would, like, I was so severely nutritionally depleted and I didn't want to drink bone broth. Like the smell of it made me feel sick. Um, but I realized that I needed to get back to what I knew in terms of foods that were good for the gut and for digestion and also for inflammation. Uh, And as soon as I did that and kind of reverted back to more of like a clean paleo, not even, I mean, whole 30, but there's still some things in whole 30 that actually can bother people with autoimmune, especially with ulcerative colitis, like raw vegetables, for instance, or too many starchy vegetables. Um, So once I really reverted back to that was when I saw like my recovery coming. And and I think they worked hand in hand, honestly. Um, I always say that I'm like, if we're eating a super inflammatory diet, but we're taking like anti inflammatory medications, it's almost like they're fighting against each other and kind of canceling each other out. So in my opinion, if we can eat well to decrease inflammation and allow our, you know, microbiome and our gut to be able to start to heal, then those medications could be more effective, right? So I'm like, I'm not an and or I'm kind of a how can we make these things work together type of a person.
0: Yeah. And since your last flare up, have you been like in remission and been feeling fine?
1: I have. Yeah, I've been in full remission, thankfully, Uh, which is literally like the first time in over a decade that I've had three years where I haven't had to think a single thought about having a flare up or having any symptoms. Um, I am wanting to get to the place where I can start working with my doctor again. Like when you talk about supplements, I mean, there's so much, like you said, there's just so many new things that are constantly, I feel like coming out and I'm still hopeful, especially for Crohn's and colitis, that there will be some sort of a cure at some point. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, but yes, I've been in full remission, um, but I'm really wanting to get to a place where I can really work on figuring out kind of the internal, you know, and working with that functional medicine of like, why is this happening? You know, obviously I know stress and I know things like that, but is there something that we can start working on to really get me into a better place where maybe I will be able to just rely on diet and lifestyle again?
0: Yeah. Are you doing any of this like infrared sauna or, I don't know, are is there any like fun new health trends that you're seeing that you like
1: or? I mean, I, I've tried them all. I have, I have infrared sauna. I don't know. I just don't fully know if everything works. I mean, I take yeah. supplements. I do it all, you know, but, um, I don't know. Um, I know my husband is like very into he's he'll be 40 in December and he says that his midlife crisis is like going on a health. Like crazy, so Thunder, he's okay. Into cold, I know. I was like, "Hey, better than like buying a convertible." Yeah, and totally. You know, like, um, sleeping he's with into someone in the cold plunges, yeah, yeah right.
0: <laughs> like, better than having an affair and buying in a convertible. Yeah, sounds yes. great, honey. Yes, yeah. Um, Where do I buy yeah, the he, infrared
1: he, sauna? He, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, here just, for it. Sign me up. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's very. He's into the cold plunges. He's into like the breathing techniques, which I do some of that. I try to do some of that as well. But yeah, you know, again, I'm a mom of three. Like, I like every time I try something, it's really hard to stick with it yeah um I you know when we talk about like therapy I would say this is it's not super trendy but I started EMDR therapy okay. which is like I mean microdosing
0: that's like microdosing right or what is that it's
1: EMDR, not quite what is like EMDR? that but it's close it's a okay. it's like a neuro pathway remapping essentially so like I forget what it stands for but it's a it's it's you revisit some of your most difficult okay so this life. is not it's something great. you take this is not something oh, you, no. you take this no, is no, a, no 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 It's a therapy, it's a therapy practice, but um, especially for those of us that have had like medical trauma, I think really any trauma, but uh, you know, it's like revisiting your past traumatic experiences and then essentially like retraining the neuropathways in your brain to think of almost i say i'm like it's like thinking of happy thoughts it's like sprinkling pixie dust and thinking of happy thoughts when you have really bad memories so that smells and certain places things like won't trigger your body to kind of get back into that like traumatic state interesting um it's really interesting I've only done a few sessions and I will say it's one of the hardest things that i've ever done and I don't want to do it <laughs> yeah um but i do feel like that's it's it's It's, it's in there with some of those wellness trends. I mean, it's not drinking celery juice, but um, it's a little more intense, but there's a lot of actual scientific evidence that it can really help. Um, But yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have the um, infrared sauna. I have the blanket um i'm like well it makes me sweat i don't i don't know if it if it does what it's exactly supposed to do but um cold showers i've done i don't know i'm i'm bad at it i try. I hate like, the
0: cold my husband oh, I know, wants the cold pl- he's like a polar bear he yeah I feel like men are better at this cold thing than we are oh, i don't know
1: I, I know me too yeah my husband was just looking the other day at like one we could put outside that yeah looks like a big old trough but that's what adam
0: wants and, yeah, yeah i know I'm like, you have at it. There's like no part of me that wants to, I, I want a hot tub. Like, I know. for the hot tub. I was yeah. talking to Ben Greenfield, a, like a month or something ago, and he's telling me all the benefits of like, you know, the sauna and the yeah. infrared sauna. And I'm like, but what about the hot tub? Like, can't, can't the hot tub just be like, why couldn't we just make that the thing? Because that would be just so enjoyable. But yeah. anyway,
1: no, yeah. I think there are. There's, there, there's a lot t- I would like to explore. I just, yeah. again, I'm like, maybe when I have a little more time. Because yeah. And in the end I of the try day, do it's like. practice.
0: Do you just need – really, do we need another thing to add to the routine of the list of things that right. we're – I hear you. I know. I mean, No, at the
1: end yeah. of the day, when my kids are in bed, I want to sit on the couch and watch The Great British Bake Off and oh, just yeah. be happy. I just – Yeah. Like, Is that what you're
0: watching there. these days? What's the favorite <laughs> shows you're watching these days?
1: Yeah. We watch that a lot because it's just so feel good and happy. And I'm like, there's enough in this world. And then again, like on that stress level, you know, I'm like, there's so many shows I want to watch, but there's just – I don't always – have the capacity to to get into like a dark place or a stressful place. Oh, no, I can't um, go
0: there. I can't um, go there. Can't That's either. why I have to read romance novels because yeah, they all, yeah. all end happy. Like yes. you just know you're yeah. going to end happy and then I'm, I'm yes. fine with that. Yeah, I Yeah, agree. I mean
1: that, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Um, Loved Acapulco on um, Apple Okay, like I didn't watch that. One of those that. very underrated shows Yeah, I feel like nobody's talking about. But again, it's it's happy. Um, I just need – yeah, I just kind of need some happy – Did you watch you know? Bridgerton. Oh, yeah. Of course. Okay. Yeah. I right. it was, Emily in I was, Paris. Did you yeah, watch oh, Emily in yeah. Paris? Yeah. Okay. Those yes. are the only also shows watched I've watched that. in the
0: last like three years. <laughs> Emily
1: in Paris, Bridgerton, and
0: Ted Lasso. Other than that, I'm like, yes. I'm out. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's so many. They're all on our list, but yeah. you know, maybe one day. But again, it's like we have – I go to bed super early and we talk about health trends. I mean, I sleep, I've noticed with my autoimmune is very important and I can see like day-to-day symptoms decrease if I get a good chunk of sleep. Um, and thankfully, I have a partner who is willing to get up with the kids because otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do it. But um, I mean, I'm in bed by like nine fifteen. So by the time my kids go to bed, I mean, I, I go to bed now before my twelve year old goes to bed. That's where mm-hmm. I'm at in life. Yeah. Uh, what so time do you wake up?
0: How many hours are you clocking here? What time are so you? So I probably
1: fall asleep by nine forty five or ten, and I wake up around six thirty or seven. So okay. I'm getting getting a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's enough. great. Yeah. There's weekends more, which is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't really even have that much time to watch TV. You know? No, I, just I don't either. down on the couch after the kids go to bed and one of them will come out at least three times. And so there's not a whole lot of time to watch, to yeah. watch
0: TV. How to old bed. is your youngest? Remind me. Five. Five. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a turning yes. point, though. Even just that, right? I mean, oh, it's huge. Our oldest is four, so okay. I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah.
1: I mean, three is one of my favorite ages, actually. But, yeah,
0: three, two to um, three is so brutal.
1: Oh, it's brutal. It's
0: amazing.
1: They're hilarious, but it's just yeah. like, oh yes. my god,
0: yeah, yeah. Five, but three. She's,
1: she'll actually be six in June, um, okay. and she's almost growing up. It's like, she's yeah, a little too fast. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Time goes yeah. quick.
0: I love it. Um okay, who's inspiring you these days? Like reading or podcasts or anything like that? Who's inspiring you?
1: Uh I already mentioned her. My friend Jamie, she's a killer businesswoman and, and I feel like she challenges me to not I get frozen when I like there's so much in my in my work and my business that I really want to accomplish. And I kind of get frozen if I don't know how to do it right away. And she really encourages me to like, just go and just, if you, if you fail, fine, but chase after it. So Jamie, what's her name? Is she, does she like work
0: with people?
1: Um, she she does not No, not, not work with people, but she wrote a book and she is on Instagram, but not like she doesn't coach people.
0: Curran Lima. Yes. Oh, I see it. Jimmy Kern Lima. Got it. I yeah. see her now. Cool. Okay. I love she it. She
1: sold a cosmetics company to L'Oreal. Yeah. Um, and her. she's an amazing businesswoman.
0: Yeah. So For $1.2 billion. Me. That's like yeah, quite that's, an exit there.
1: Yeah. It's yeah all, I'm like, that's you know. all public. But um, yeah, she's public. just- I just Googled it. her and that's just on, I know, her website, I know. on the
0: front page of her website. I've never heard of her before until today, but she sounds great. Yeah.
1: I only met her a year ago and she's just, we're, we've become friends and she's just super encouraging to to women founders, especially, which I love. You know, there's just no competitive nature to her. And yeah. she built her company from her living room floor. Um, and like every no came her way. And so it's just been encouraging to be like, okay, you know what? I can try something and yeah. if I fail, fine. And just because I've never put out, you know, Whatever, a packaged product before or done a TV show before, like I can knock on doors and make some calls. So, yeah, it's worth a shot.
0: I love it. And you launched a spice company recently.
1: Well, I wouldn't call it I mean a company, recent. but <laughs>
0: Ooh, it's a spice company. Come on.
1: See, you're yes. downplaying it. You're doing that woman thing. I am. Okay, a spice you're right. line. You're a right. Spice line. I, yes, I launched a <laughs> seasoning blend line. It's called Healthy in a Hurry. They're used throughout the book, the cookbook. Um, and you can make them yourself, but to be honest, like I've been making my, my taco seasoning from Meals Made Simple for nearly a decade. And I have to make a huge jar of it every three weeks or so because we have, whether it's chicken tacos or beef tacos, they're on regular. (laughs) It's one of the meals that my 12 year old likes to have on vacation. So yeah, when I was writing that book, I was like, what can I, what else can I try to put out into the world that can make? eating healthy in a hurry, a little bit more accessible. And honestly, I mean, I use Primal Kitchen sauces throughout the book. I always give people recipes because there's some people that want to do it from scratch. But we used to have to do everything from scratch right. when I first started eating paleo, right? Like you had to make your own beef jerky. You had to make all of your own dressings, all of your own sauces, because you couldn't buy anything that had know. good ingredients. So the seasonings were were something I wanted to do for a long time, if not only for selfishly to never have to make my taco seasoning and my burnt broccoli seasoning again for myself. Um, but yeah, I launched those in um, in tandem with the cookbook last fall, um, and it's been a really fun venture. And I eventually want to like package all my baked goods. And oh yeah, I've got a lot that I want to do, but yeah,
0: I love it. Your fry seasoning is like delicious on broccoli.
1: Oh, is it way. on I mean, broccoli? I love, yeah, I love. I mean, yeah, we always use the burnt broccoli, I know, but I know, and I love that's that good too. To know. The
0: fry seasoning is really good on broccoli. I yeah, know, the, my kids like love broccoli, and we've been doing yeah. that.
1: But that's yes. great. I mean, we use it on roasted vegetables like crazy, the the fries, Um, but French fries, of course, obviously are delicious with it. But, and then any meat, it works really well on any meat too. Yeah. And what are you
0: guys doing for, like, what are you doing for breakfast and lunch over there these days?
1: At our house? Yeah. Oh my gosh. The kids pretty much eat a turkey meat stick and like a chocolate protein muffin that I keep in the freezer for almost every meal, or okay. um, app- Applegate breakfast sausages are on oh, regular we, rotation. We eat, like, oh, so many boxes.
0: Oh my god, the boxes. I'm like, those maple ones, I'm like, <laughs> yep. oh, every morning, oh, the boxes is gone. <laughs> I mean, every, every,
1: yeah, it's crazy. Yep, we just keep, every time I get an order of groceries, I just, I get like three boxes because sometimes they yeah. sell out, especially the organic they're chicken. always out. The ones. organic
0: ones are really hard yes. to find. They-
1: Super hard to find. Whole Foods, um, I can get
0: them. Like Sprouts doesn't even have them. Yeah, I'm no, with you.
1: Yeah. But wait, those what are, are, are these regular chocolate rotation. protein muffins? Can we go back here for a second? Yes, I, which book are um, these in? They are in Eat What You Love and they have, zuc- they're the chocolate zucchini, but I put okay. collagen into them.
0: Okay, great. Um, I'm going to make those tonight. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I make like, three dozen, and we just keep them in the freezer. And my kids eat them frozen. I don't know if other kids are weird like my that. My kids they eat just-
0: the sausage frozen. I'm sure they'll <laughs> eat the muffins frozen. Literally. Perfect. My Perfect. two-year-old. I'm like, do you want
1: me to cook that? He's like, oh no, this is great. No, it's good. Yeah. Okay. So the muffin's <laughs> frozen. I love it. Yes. Yep. Um, we do smoothies when we have time, but I mean, school mornings are busy these days. So yeah. I'm packing lunches and trying to get them something quick. So they're all at a place where they can grab what they want, which is in my opinion, yeah. Um, but yeah, a turkey meat stick and a muffin is typically typically breakfast. So I love it. Yeah, and then lunch. I mean, gosh, for them it's different. I I send a lot of leftovers with them in thermoses, which my twelve year old is too cool for now, and he's like, Mom, you can't do that. Um, but it smells my- weird. Smells <laughs> weird. Looking at me, at yeah. school. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but my two younger two love it, so I do that a lot. And um, for me, I mean, I just I always have. Stuff for salads, and that's kind of what I go to quickly after like a workout, and when I'm in the middle of the workday, cooking for a book, which we're doing right now. Like I've actually got my my test kitchen assistant is here, and we've already done six recipes today, so that's great for lunches because I just we're we're testing tons of stuff, and I just get a little smartest board, and that's also set for dinner. So like we are we are good on that on that front.
0: (laughs) Okay, what's this is I have a few like random last questions for you. What's the worst thing you've ever done for your own health? Oh, look at that face!
1: <laughs> the worst thing I've ever done for my own health. Yeah, well, pushing, running myself into the ground, and not listening to myself. Um, I knew so that in 2019, and again, like I'm really honest and raw in the book about it. And I feel like as a reader, you're probably reading and you're like, "Oh no, why isn't she stopping? Why isn't she pulling back? Like she needs to take care of herself, or she's going to get sick." And then, like three more chapters later, I'm in the hospital. But that's, that's the worst thing that I do for my health constantly, is not listen to my own body. Um, I, I push through. I think it's also a mom and a female thing where I put myself last. Do you need to... I'm like, do you need to take a
0: quick... break? I, no, like I a little.
1: Okay. He, he's just coming um, to say hi. I know how that is. I'm like, I get it. Um, yeah. I think that's the worst thing that I've done for my health is that I put myself second. Uh, I It's really hard as a mom and a business owner where you have employees that are depending on you. And then also spouse... Uh, to try to put yourself and your health first because you want to take care of everybody else. And it's always for me. It's always like, oh, I've got a couple symptoms, but I'll take care of it when, like, when you know, when the kids are back in school, I can really buckle down and like do a AIP reset. Or when we're done with this, like this launch of this book, I can like take some time to rest. And so that's the worst thing is that I don't take action when I know I need to immediately. And I've learned that and have become better about that. Yeah, years.
0: that's a good one. That's that I'm like, practice. what else do people that,
1: what do people do that they say like they drink? I mean, some people or are or like,
0: like <laughs> I smoked when I was 18 <laughs> oh, okay. or yeah, like, yeah. I drink Slim Fast shakes for six years oh, during yeah. college. Like, yeah. like I did I that
1: my, yeah. my junior like- <laughs> year of
0: college. Yeah,
1: <laughs> definitely things I have done, but yeah. That's, that would, I would say
0: that I don't know, it's interesting, yeah. Or like, I was mm-hmm. addicted to, I don't know, like Mark. He, when he was training, he was a runner in college and he ate um, like cinnamon raisin bread. He'd eat like two loaves of cinnamon raisin bread a day, a day. He was like, Oh, yeah, I was on like, right? yeah, he's like, I was on a <laughs> loaf of cinnamon raisin bread and then he'd go, I mean, he was running like, you know, whatever, I don't, I don't know even how many know miles, could he was running it, like 20 so, like, miles a day or 10 out. miles a day or something, you know, yeah. like, oh, man. um, yeah, but. Yeah, I mean that yeah. resulted in IBS, which led to the formation of Primal Kitchen. So I mean right, I think there was right, something right. good that came out of the journey, but definitely some interesting things. Um okay, this is my last question for you. I ask everyone this, but what's something yes. most people don't know about you?
1: Um, whew, what do I feel like I show so much of myself on Instagram, so there's not much that people don't know about me. Uh the one that surprises people the most, well. I guess I was going to say I I sing, but people don't normally. Oh, I didn't know. The one that surprises people the most is that I'm an introvert. I think because of the nature of my job, when I say I'm an introvert, people are like, wait, what? Because I'm out talking to people publicly all the time um, and interacting with a large number of people, but I get very, very drained and have to kind of like come back and refuel. So. I would say that's something people don't know
0: about Yeah. No, I didn't know either of those singing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Um, Well, tell everyone where they can find you, what you've got going on. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not already following you, but I feel like they are. Find me on Instagram at Danielle
1: Walker. Uh, My blog is DanielleWalker.com. And I'm on Facebook and everywhere else. And then I have six books. Six. Books, I think, (laughs) five cookbooks and a memoir. You can find those anywhere, anywhere books are sold. But my most recent one that we were talking about is Healthy in a Hurry, and it's in Costco and Target and Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the places that you can find books. But it's a 150 recipes to get healthy meals on the table quickly. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. It was great catching up with you. Appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yes. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. All right. We'll talk soon.